Hey everybody, welcome to Swedenborg and Life Live. Today we're going to be talking about goodness, truth, and spiritual, ex- uh, not experiences, but appearance. Appearance. We're, we're going to give That's some right. like, spiritual beauty tips, actually. If, if you're looking That's for right. those, my name is Curse Childs, I'm the host of Swedenborg and Life, which is this show, and this is Dr. Jonathan Rose. What hey, we got Curtis. you as series editor of New Century Edition, congratulations. Thank so you. We're going to do a couple of things here in <laughs> this show. We're kicking off a brand new year, and we want to get a new... A fresh start with our engagement with Swedenborg. We want to provide you guys with some foundational stuff as well as some way far out there stuff. Hopefully give you everything in between, a little audience interaction. We actually got a whole bevy of stuff we want to throw at you tonight. And it looks like this. Um, first of all, we're going to do an icebreaker, and you'll see what that is. It is what it sounds like. We've got our weekly Swedenborg keywords, our spiritual world road trip, the chat Q&A, the guest story. Oh, yeah. And then the ice melter, which is the return to the icebreaker there. And don't worry, we're gonna, I'm going to host you all the way through it so you don't get lost. To start with the icebreaker, what this is, is an, a chance for, we're in a social situation here. Like, I'm, you know, you and I are sitting I see. here. Here we are. We got it. But also, there's all of you out there watching mm. live and even watching afterwards, right? Because you're still going to be going through the same processes uh, with, with, the, with the, the content how do we break the ice? This is what you're always looking to, and it's usually with a question. And since this is a Swedenborgy show, we're going to do a Swedenborg question, so let's get to it, our very first segment now. Man, that's satisfying. That that shot of just like the way that pick goes. Icebreaker, it's good, huh? It's great, man. So here it is. This is this is not a corporate retreat. This is not like an after-school activity, so our icebreaker question is going to be, you guessed it, Swedenborg related. And That's here right. it is right here. What is an idea in Swedenborg's works that has had a positive impact in your life? Now, here's how the icebreaker section works. We're going to answer this question, and we want you in the chat to answer this question as well, because at the end, we're going to be getting to your answers to this very question. Now, it doesn't mean you can't be asking other questions. We encourage you to ask questions right. throughout the whole show. We'll have a Q&A section dealing with those. But for now, please get your responses in. And there better be responses to this one, because if you and I, if nobody has an answer to this, then why are we doing this? That's right. Why put these ideas out there if they ain't doing anything for no one? There has to be some kind of positive effect, or else uh, we've got to find a new line of work yeah that's right. right so can that's you right. help us out here Did, you've been in swedenborg's works a decent amount here translating reading that's right you ever find anything that was helpful i found one or two things over the so years what? just give there, me, i know it's hard there to narrow are so it down, many but. it is hard to narrow it down but uh an idea in swedenborg's works has had a positive impact on me is that idea of an inner and an outer self and that they're separate so that there's more than one of me kind of thing. There are now, different I to, layers. I want to stop you because you could. How, how could that ever help you? So I'm, I'm interested in yeah, yeah. some weird abstract thing. So what does that do for you? What uh, One thing is just the ability to look down on, on the lower self, not in a negative sense, but just being able to observe. So the idea that if there's a part, and other religious traditions have this too, but if there's a part where you can look at another part, this part is not the part that's looking. So there's a Observer higher part effect. that can watch. Yeah. So I notice when people are speaking sometimes, they'll say um, they'll say something and then they say, listen to me, I sound like, you know, or something. Yeah. Well, I sound like my mother. Yeah, right. Yeah. There's <laughs> there's some loop yeah. that's watching the thing that you just said and you can comment on it, you know. Yeah. And uh, But what really helped me about it was that, um, uh, you know, if I would get into a bad mood, I would think, oh, I'm just... a 
person who is in a bad mood. I'm a horrible person yeah. or something. And then I'd be in some transcendent, uplifted state or something. And I would think, oh, am I this kind of... like? I do, it doesn't make sense to me. I don't know how I can be in these different states. Yeah. But realizing they're different parts was very helpful. That, oh, I'm in the basement now. This is an upstairs. There are different levels to this thing. Yeah, so yeah. it really helped me um, understand my process a little more and what other people go through as well. So it's not which... Okay, which one am I? Am I cool or am I not right, cool? Right, right, that's like, right. No, you're you're both. You're both. That's right. Well, again, and we're, like we're here. Um, How about trying you? To, we're, we're just one one more thought okay, on that. Yeah. We're here trying to host a show about spirituality, and we're meant to like talk like we know all this stuff about it. And there's times when I'm like pretty spiritual guy, and there's other times when I'm like, why why this stupid thing happened? Right. Like, wait, which one am I? <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, cool right. to think like, no, I've got, everyone's got their lower self, which is just as obnoxious as, yeah. as, as, as anybody else's. Yeah, that's and right. then you got right. your higher self, which, which shows up uh, inconsistently, but it's awesome when it does. I've been digging, um, so thanks for sharing that. I've been really digging divine providence. And this mm. is a key, if you haven't heard of divine providence, this is the operation of the divine to guide events to the best possible end. I mean, that's one way that I would put it. And Swedenborg says this is present in everything. Everything, the way I'm moving my hands Every right now. Every detail. Somehow, yeah, right. God is trying to lead mm. everything to the best possible conclusion through that. But I've specifically been thinking about that in regards to when I am bumping up against people and I feel like they want something, but I want something different, or why did this thing not happen now? The idea that, that behind it all, there's God sort of playing chess, lining things up. When uh, that may playing not playing a really long game too, yeah. if I might That's interject right. that. that. Yeah, it right. just when I don't know when I focus on that concept, it just changes the way I feel about my own ambitions. Yeah, about uh, other people. Uh, just like, okay, wait, wait. There's another, there's another force at work here, and I can trust that. Just instantly, I think, takes me a little bit out of my lower self into my right. higher self. It's not just the pushing and shoving. There's another context in which this is all happening. That right? That is well said. And so mm. for me, that's been huge. Mm. And uh, hopefully... That's a good one. You guys have had concepts that have really impacted you as well, and we'll get to them, as we said, during the ice melter or icebreaker, ice melter, ice melter at yeah, the yeah. end of the show. Right. That's going to be great. So now that we've got that out of the way, we're all friends now. We're relatively right. socially comfortable with each other. Let's get into the hard stuff. We're going to do a little bit of Swedenborg keywording. Mm. You could, I mean, you could even call this Swedenborg dictionary that we're going to basically reappear and then define some <laughs> terms for you, some Swedenborgianese. What, we're gonna we were take, very deep for a minute there. That was a, yeah, well, yeah. that was our inner self yeah, for a yeah, second. Right. Now you guys can see our outer self. Yeah, what, but we're going we're gonna to take a couple words that pop up in Swedenborg, and you might be asking, why are, we, why are we doing this section? Why would you ever need to do that? Isn't that boring? It's not boring, right? Yeah. It's not boring, that? and it's essential <laughs> because... Swedenborg will use these ter different terms over and over again, and he'll use them in a different way than you're expecting him to That's use them. That's right. You can't get too far into Swedenborg without understanding his sort of building blocks that he makes That's things right. out of. And I don't know if you'll see any building blocks used more often than these two we have today, which are mm. good and truth. Mm. You, you try to crack open Swedenborg anywhere, you're going to hit some variation 
on good and truth, and it's all over. Mm. And you and may, we started in the deep end here, I would have to well, say, and that, with these that, key words. You know? Isn't that funny? Because you'd think good and truth for, for a, a strapping theologian like yourself, <laughs> that's nothing. It's the most basic thing in Swedenborg, but it's, it's way more complex than you think, and way more important than you might yeah. think. And this is a, to prove it to you, here's a quote from New Jerusalem 11 showing why we need to really understand this stuff. He says, all things in the universe that are in accord with the divine design go back to goodness and truth. Yeah, that makes it a key key words, right? Like, yeah. uh, it the the quote doesn't explain what they are, we right? Have no there, idea what they are, but it says that they're massive. They're like yin yes. and yang, or something. Like everything in the universe is according to those two different things. Yeah. Everything that's within order, or the you know within the divine design. Yes, at least you could mm. venture that it's worth doing a five minute internet yeah, show segment that's right. about goodness and truth, or ten minutes, yeah. or whatever. Five, it is six. Segment. Yeah. 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 Uh, so let's go a little bit farther into trying to unearth. Okay, so they're so important. Everything goes back to them, but what do they mean? This yeah. is new uh, divine love and wisdom, four oh nine. What is good is a matter of love, hmm. and what is true is a matter of discernment or thinking or, or puzzling. Yeah, that's right. There is the same kind of union in everything the Lord has created in the universe. So that's again pretty sweeping. That everything, we're, yeah, the Lord has created we're, we're, in the universe. We're baby stepping into intelligibility here, right, or, or right. into co- concreteness. Yeah, their function looks to what is good, and the form of their function looks to what is true. So we're getting mm. some data, but it's still hard to think of what what would that mean. Concrete. It's a bit of a head scratcher there, isn't it? Because you get terms like love. Okay, so good has yeah. something to do with love, and then uh, truth has something to do with our intellect or discernment and so on. Yeah, and also has something to do with good as like substance, yes. and truth is like form. Uh, but we need something a little more concrete. Do you have yes. any better passage than that? Well, because you can and you can read it all the time and still feel like you're sort of circling. Wait, what does he mean? What does, what he, does mean? he mean? What but does he this mean? stuff yeah. is the most important stuff in the world. But what am I doing? Well, it just so happens that Karin, who is one of the writers for this show, found deep in Swedenborg's Journal of Spiritual Experiences what I think is the best description mm. of goodness and truth that he ever gives. Oh, so, without wait. further ado, let's go to Spiritual Experiences three four two seven. He titles oh. it, What Good, the Truth of Good, which is this sort of hybrid thing we're going to look at, and Truth Are. And check out the colors. I love it. I know. So you it's... got good is red, yeah. truth is blue, and then truth of good is purple because ah, they're blue and red together. Stuart must in them. That, that's that's amazing. Okay. So what? here's how he breaks it down. Take fruit. So do you think you could apply goodness and truth to fruit? Swedenborg says you wow. can. Huh. That's Take pretty concrete. Fruit, for example. Whatever use the fruit serves is good. How it is put to the use is the truth of good. The quality of the fruit's taste, smell, and beauty is truth. Now, do you have a piece let's, of fruit Let's somewhere? break it down line by line. I always have something. Oh, okay, like this good. So okay, what is that? Have, is that an orange or something? Nah, it's a grapefruit. That's a grapefruit? And you can tell just based on some of its qualities. Or that's oh. what I was told. I haven't eaten it. But okay. Let's go, let's go line by line. So what, oh, okay. what could this okay. possibly right. mean? So in this, there is this, everything goes back to goodness and truth, including mm. this Even thing. Even in, in whatever that thing is. That yeah. grew on a tree. So mm. whatever use the fruit serves is good. And Swedenborg generally assigns, talk, when he talks about use, he's talking about use to human beings. Or, or yeah, eventually it comes yeah. back to conscious that's beings. That's right. It's just something that the, 
that is like good for food and yeah. so you know that kind of thing, right? So, so you'd think, okay, let's say a fruit like this is a citrus fruit. Uh, the use it's got, it's nourishing. It's right. got a lot of vitamins in it. Yeah. it. It increases your health and makes you happy. Has good fiber in there yeah. and everything. That's right. So that is. So that's the use. That, that that's the good. So the good part. Yeah. Huh. Well, what are so, the other things going to be? So when you're thinking about. What's the good in a grapefruit? It's the thing that it does to help. Then how it is put to use is the truth of good. Okay. How is this put mm. to use? The eating. Right. So the truth of good. All right. So eating I'm gonna have this. to think about that a little more. But the uh, how it's put to the use. So like the truth of good... Which is a complicated phrase. This is the old translation. The you old guys translation. Have translated it this way. NCE, the New Century Edition. People would probably say something like the the truth that arises from goodness, or that's connected with goodness, or something like that. You guys but, would. But um, yeah. uh, it's interesting that, like, so there's truth would be some information about. Oh, hey, you know, if you saw someone just peeling it and then eating the peel, you'd say, oh, no, 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 The it's actually, you take the segments in there, you know, so that would be the truth of good, like how yeah. you get that use out of it. Yeah. And or even if with, you want to make a juice or whatever. Yeah. You know. Even within the body, I would imagine, the way your body interacts with the fruit, the, the mm, digestive process, down. how it's taken, because to get all the way to creating health, it's got to go through, you got to separate out all mm. this stuff. So that would be the truth of good. Then the, then the quality of the fruit's taste, smell, and beauty is truth. truth. So this, hmm. the color, you know, uh, right, right. What it smells, it smells like, what it tastes like. Smell. That's the the Good. truth. That's the manifestation of it. So this is what he means. Uh-huh. So that's talking. like the form when you're talking about substance and form. Yes. The so the quality of it, and so one thing would be, well, is that a grapefruit or is that an orange? You know, that yeah. would be the truth of it. But also within grapefruits, there are some really good ones, sweet ones. Some have a lot of pith or yeah. you know thick skins or whatever. And and um, well, and look at even look at how this thing is like. This one's got some little wrinkles on the top here, and these right. poor. That's part of the truth of it. I mean that. So that is that's the, the form rendering that it takes. That's right. right. It doesn't like the mm. the good it does and the form it takes are the two sides of the same thing. Mm. But that is goodness and truth. So it's easier for me to get a hold of the good part and the truth part. But the truth of good, where it's like, where the two are linked together, that's a little trickier. But I see what it's saying there. How it's put to the use is the truth of good. So and Swedenborg said, remember that goodness and truth everything in the universe goes back to it so mm. you're finding this combination of this relationship between truth and goodness not just in the fruit but in every aspect of the fruit it's like a holographic sort of thing because Swedenborg says that you can even break it down into just the smell Take is this the, the same passage this is the same passage wow, just okay. after that so you could do that same pattern just on the smell of the fruit mm. so Whatever use the odor serves, such as to the brain, the lung, the heart, is good. Wow. So and about, it's odd to pick the odor, isn't it? Yeah. Like, that's an interesting choice. That's right. Rather than the taste or something else of it. Yeah. But okay. But you think about aromatherapy, yeah. that, there's, there's probably well, some true. benefits from smelling this thing. Essential oils and things like that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. So right. it, does it makes you feel good when you smell it, for sure. Yeah. And then how it is made to serve the, the use. He gets really specific here. By the nostrils, the temple, or the region around the head like a wreath. He's talking about a part of the brain there. Is the truth of good. So, that so smell, again, it's how it is used, how yeah. it's put to use. 
is the truth of good part. Yes. And so the use is like, so that thing is sitting there waiting to do a job, right? Yeah. It's waiting to do something useful. And how that happens is the truth of the good. And then yeah. what's that last bit? There? What kind of odor and such characteristics are truth? So that okay, would be the, so that's exact. What's that called? Coilia? Like the, the that experience uh, that you can't really describe, but it's just the experience of something. The right. feeling what you get when you smell. You know, that experience. That's the truth. That's that embodies truth that. Yeah. So does that make Very sense? Very So here we are applying this to something cool, but really relatively superficial. And Amazing relatively that you can concrete. slice that all the way down to each. So you could say the yeah. same thing about the taste. You could say the same thing about the structure of the cells in there and how it holds the juice and everything, right? Oh my gosh, yeah. It should be everything probably have every cell three in it. has a truth. A good, yes, yes. It, yeah, and that's right. because everything in the universe goes mm. back to goodness and truth. But it's not all just stuff outside of us. Because think about things like motivations and things that you mm. think are those in the universe. Swedenborg says even those have the same structure. Really? This is the next part of that quote. Take charity. Now, what's charity? When Swedenborg says charity, what's he charity, mean by that? Charity, yeah. It's like there are different renderings, caring or goodwill, okay. thoughtfulness, things like that. It's sort of uh, holding someone else, uh, like wishing them well. You know, that's kind of a yeah a way of explaining it. Okay. So take that feeling in you. Whatever use the charity serves is the good. So what you're trying to do when you want to help oh, somebody okay. and, and the effect on them. Right, right. <coughs> Excuse so me, whatever, that's the good. So the good is the effect of it. it like, it's, yeah. it's, okay, I, I, I did something kind for someone, and then they, they felt good because I, yep. I did that. How the charity is to be dispensed is the truth of good. I mean, that's, that's okay. how you get your resources, whatever they are, to the person. And isn't it true that when you're trying to do something for someone, I mean, we just came out of the Christmas season where you're thinking about what to get, and then yeah. not just what to get somebody, but the presentation, right? Yep. You know, should I wrap it? Should I right. joke wrap it like extra large? Or, you know, what yeah. should I write a kindly note with it? Or yeah. should I be a little mysterious? So that would be, that's the truth of good, is how to do that, and thinking about how to do it most effectively, I assume. And it's part of the, the, the experience, yeah. And then what kind of charity is the truth? Mm. So that is the the particular the form particular your act thing. took. Right, right. Because you could feel, you know, uh, you're, you're feeling sympathy for somebody. Yeah. You could call them, you could text them, you yeah. could get them a card, you could bring over a meal. There's various things you could do, right? right? And so that would be the truth of it, would be it's yeah. taking exactly this form as opposed to that form. But the use would be, I wanted to have that impact, you know. Well, let's, let's see if we can think of a really good, like a really concrete example mm. of this playing out in charity. Like what, so what would it, like, let, let's see, what, what would it be if we were going to take this all the way through uh, an action. Well, well, I had an example this weekend, actually. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, it was super, super cold here in the Northeast this weekend, and yeah. a lot of people's cars and batteries died and stuff like that. That's right. And I got a call from somebody whose battery had died. So I went over there, and uh, if I reflect on it, uh, so I went over there, I wanted to help them get their car going. Yeah. So that was kind of on the good side, wouldn't you say? Right. Like, it was that desire in my heart. So it has to do with love or helping out or and something. And you're, you're feeling like you, you you have understand sort of some of the, what their suffering is, you know? You, right. You, you like... Uh, Sympathize and... You, you, yeah, em- empathize. Like, okay, empathize, I, right. It's, I uh, want you to feel better. Yeah, yeah, right. It's horrible to be stranded on mm-hmm. such a cold day and all that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. So I think I can help out. My car's working, so yeah. I want to do that. Okay. And then when I went over there, uh, uh, so we're getting ready to jumpstart the car. Yeah. 
And but neither of us, neither the owner of the car or I, can figure out how to pop the hood. <laughs> we, <laughs> I we, thought you were going to say how to jump the car because I don't even know how to do that. But <laughs> we couldn't, couldn't figure out how to get at the battery, yeah. and so we're looking around and we're pulling things and things like this. And uh, and this is, I think, where that truth of good comes in. Yes. I'll, I'll explain that a little more in a sure. bit. But but um, so what I realized was okay. Well. I think it's got to be inside the car because there was some law in the last 30 or 40 years where you you pull that from inside and it releases it yep. a little bit and then you undo it outside and pull it up. So it's got to be in here. And uh, isn't and this is just from prior knowledge, isn't there a manual somewhere? And yeah. sure enough, there's a manual in the glove box, like 500 pages long. Yeah. So how do I work my way through this? So I'm thinking, well, there's an index. Is it, I is, look it up it's an freezing index, this whole time. And it's freezing okay. this whole time. Just looking it up the in the index. And I'm moving very quickly and everything. Uh, and urgently, and when I finally found the information, it was down on the left, like by your feet on the side. Okay. I hadn't seen that before in other cars, but but when I was groping around, I couldn't find it. Pop! Oh, it was so satisfying I bet. when I popped it because I knew. Okay, now now we're gonna be okay. So I was thinking about that. Like if you just had the truth, there's all this truth in the manual. Yeah. But I'm not sitting around sort of putting my feet up and reading the manual. Yeah. I'm only interested in one piece of information. In there. Yeah. You know, I'm not interested in how the wipers right. work or anything else. And there's also truth about what the car, how it works, what it looks like, like where is that hood release is somewhere. Someone yeah. put it somewhere. There's a truth about that. Right. But the truth of good, I think the way Swedenborg's using it, is that I have a good in mind, I have a use in mind, which is that I want the car to start. Yeah. And there's this thing in the way. So I have a lack of knowledge. You know, I'm lacking yeah. some truth that I need to know how to pop the hood. It's just a mundane sort of example. Well, no, but, but it, I think it was interesting because it yeah. really motivated me. It was so satisfying yeah. when I learned. So when Swedenborg says that's what helps you put it to use, that information is what made it possible yeah. to well, jump the car. And Swedenborg talks about goodness and truth coming together like a marriage. And they exactly. talk about right, how right. goodness longs for truth. And I think mm. about that desire in you to help this person is just longing for that information. Like, I just want to know how to pop this hood. I can't, I then can't rest. I know, I'm yeah. freaking out. I, I so just, that, that's yeah. this, like, that's them falling in love right there. Right. So that's cool. That's That's good, right. Man. And then you get, the, because even if I have something good in my heart, like I want to help them out, uh, if I go over there and then I don't know anything, and so I just say, "Oh, sorry, I don't know how to pop your hood," you know, which would have been me, <laughs> and, yeah. and then just and and but they would say, "Well, that's no good, right?" <laughs> because if the car hasn't started, doesn't matter what's in your heart, yeah, my car is still dead, it's you know. The thought that counts. So you haven't gotten it all the way to yeah. that use that mm-hmm. the, the good wanted. That's legit. So there mm. we go, it, guys. You're not going to get from us a better explanation of what goodness and truth are or at least what we can do <laughs> no, in 15 no, minutes that was better than we're really able that's able right to we, we just overperformed there so yeah. the, hopefully that gives you just a <laughs> sense as you wade into sweden we're going to encounter these words uh you know of what they are so we yeah d- that's right and it's interesting that i think the reasons you would say well why not just say what you're talking about why not say pop the hood yeah. or something like that but uh, Swedenborg says that angels love to think in these abstractions. Mm-hmm. One size fits all. You know, so if you think in these terms, you're lifted up above time and space. So it's all human beings across all time, but one human being's life or one little aspect of one piece of fruit. Yeah. You know, and the angels love the fact that that's kind of outside of 
time and space. Yeah. So I think Sweden was trying to drag us with these key words into a spiritual way of thinking about things. Well, and it, show, it shows you have a greater understanding of what's going on if you can place broader categories on. Like you can say, I know that there's a hammer and a saw and a screwdriver and a wrench, but if you can step back and realize... These are all tools. These are all tools. That means you know something a more category. about category. That's right. Category. That's yep. right. And if this doesn't work, I'll try that or something. Yeah, yeah, it gives yeah. you a range. Of, yeah. Exactly. So there's there's your uh, your terms, and and we've um, we appreciate you sitting through doing that hard work. Now for dessert, let's get mm. to some spiritual experience stuff. Oh, really, yeah. That's that's what Swedenborg was always doing is trying to get people to understand these core things and using his spiritual experience to try to illustrate those. And we're going to do that very same thing in segment three. That's right. We're going on a road trip. And it really was that his book, Heaven and Hell. Um, Hello. Oh, we better talk about these guys first. We're going to be looking at how goodness and truth affect how we appear in the afterlife. How, how certain conditions can make us look like this, yeah. And then certain conditions can make us look friendly and happy and wonderful. Or, like or this gentleman at least here. differently looking or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Um, Yes, Swedenborg would would try to tell people about all these principles in like his book Secrets of Heaven, and then they were like, "Just tell us about you visited heaven and hell. What's yeah, going yeah. on there? Tell me about and that." And really, heaven and hell. He wrote it with all these experiences, but always linked back to. He put these little annotations right. in there. See Secrets of Heaven for this. See Secrets of Heaven for this, because mm. he wanted to show through these experiences how the underlying principles worked. How it works. It's, it's not just. A list of experiences. Yeah, that's right. There's some point underneath there. Yes. Yeah, so, that's so right. All of that's his, right. all of his stories are entertaining, but also informative. And this story we're going to look at now is looking at how goodness and truth mm. can have an effect on how we appear in the other life. And there's a couple of characters in this story. And hey, I wait. You're saying this is another goodness and truth thing? That's right. Okay. This cool. is an, this is another. Right. This is still, we're still on theme. We didn't okay. leave the theme. Oh, oh of the okay. Show, okay. Good. Guys. Cool. That's um, great. Even though we're on a road trip, we're still on the same thing. No, man. You yeah, take yeah, your work good. with you on the that's road trip. Good. Okay. Great. There's two characters in this story that I'd love you to give us a little background mm. on here. Okay. So I see this is Marias and Birgenius. So this is Swedenborg saying he met these people in the spiritual world. In the spiritual world, but who, who he were, had known. Okay. When he was alive, I mean, he was alive the whole time in this world. Yeah. But he met them when they were alive in this world. And one was from his childhood. Marius was his childhood tutor. He was a distant relative, like a first cousin, cousin once removed or something okay. like that, Johann Marius. And Birgenius was someone from his uh, a, a colleague from his career on the board of mines, where they were uh, about assessing the metals and supervising. It was a huge part of the Swedish economy. Okay. And so Swedenborg was on this board of mines, and so was Birgenius. So these were, one was someone he'd worked with very much, like studied under yeah. another one who, who he'd worked with for decades, you know, a, yeah. a long time. So he knew these people very well. And so this is the story of when he met them in the spiritual world mm. and got to see not just how they were doing, but how they were looking. How they looked. Which is what really matters. Yeah, that's right. Okay. He says, this is from Spiritual Experiences 4717. Okay. I saw two who were good and whom I had known in the world. Marias and Birgenius. Their faces looked entirely different than before, and I was asked whether I recognized them. Oh, their faces, like, changed? So they didn't look like Marias and Birgenius? You know how, maybe it's, you know, a dream when you're like, okay, you know, oh, you were there, but you didn't I look saw, like yeah, you. Maybe you yeah. didn't look like yourself. Yeah, that's right. But you right, could tell right. it was them, but, but they, not because right. they looked exactly the same. Right. I said that I did not, and guessing finally discovered that it was... Birgenius. It was a handsome 
clear human face. Hmm. He was seen in an open carriage because he was then meditating on the doctrine of charity. So that too was an appearance because of what was going on. The reason for this is that good joined with truth then shapes the face, meaning Mm. in the spiritual world, good joined with truth shapes our face. Mm. So it's not like here you see... What shapes our faces is genetics and environmental Heredity factors, right? And yeah. just whether you got hit in the head or whatever, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and there, this is something that's coming out of the kind of heart and mind you're cultivating. That's cool. So he goes on to say, for every angel and good spirit is in the is the form of his own good given a shape. And we learned what the good is. The form yeah. of good. Interesting. So okay. this this harkens back to the, our, our truth and good. That, yeah, that, yeah. That right. you got the the the, the purpose the of this. The purpose, that kind of health that lies within this, this is the form of that health. Takes that form. Right. Right? Right. So similarly, whatever is in the, the deep desires of us, we become an image mm. of that. Uh, which is different because here you can you can be uh, very handsome and be very evil. It right. doesn't, it, they don't go there's together. No, there's no particular correlation. He, right. he talks about that. He says those who are evil in the spiritual world, however, gradually shed their human form, and as to their faces, when Ooh. seen in the light of heaven, do not look like human beings, but like monsters deformed in various ways. Ooh, that shedding sounds intense. You know, shedding the human form, like, forget about it, I'm I'm moving away from that. Now, I'm interested that it says, when seen in the light of heaven. That's pretty important. Because Swedenborg does explain in other passages that there's what you might call, for lack of a better word, the light of hell, Yes. uh, in which people look fine. You know, Mm -hmm. it's only when heaven shines in, which it doesn't need to do all the time, but when heaven shines in, then you see, oh, because heaven is the light of truth. Like that, that shows you exactly what the person's really like. Yeah. And so that's useful sometimes, but the Lord permits that, no, you don't always have to see that. No, you know? God's not interested in anything but letting people live as happily as they can yeah. in their condition. That's right. It's interesting that, yeah, that you shed the form of good. In the human form, if you're not good, because here we say like, that's inhuman if you act a certain yeah. way. But human beings are the evilest thing you could ever find. I mean, like, you, like <laughs> the true. kind of crimes people commit, you never find. Like a, a tiger is never going to go to the same lengths. You know, why do we right. hold up like you're not at, acting like a human pursuing when, the same vendetta it, for thirty years but or something? It's, yeah, exactly. It, it's I think it's because or just killing needlessly or torturing yeah, right. all kinds of stuff. Right. Um, it's because I think we sense that the human form. That we're in, you know, the, the eyes, the face, just like what a person is, there should be goodness that comes with that. Yeah. And that, that Swedenborg right. says that spiritually, mm. here we retain our physical human form no matter what, but spiritually, if you lose that essential love and goodness, uh, you you reject the human form and along with them. People say someone's a monster, like you hear that in yeah. the Holocaust sometimes, that, yeah. that someone was a monster or they That's were right. not human or... Yeah. Yeah. Or more jokingly, like in football or something, they say someone's a beast and that right. kind of thing. But but, but there but, yeah. it really is. So Swedenborg goes on to say that mm. the reason for this, the negative appearance, is that good that has been joined to truth by the Lord shapes the angelic heaven into a likeness of a human being. So if you reject that heaven... You Whoops, reject there the goes human, the human along with it. Right? Yep. On this account, all who are there are images of it according to the nature of their own good. The inwardly evil put off the human form in hell and look like monsters according to the nature of their evil. Ooh. And you think about like think mm. about horror movies oh, or, or scary movies. Yeah, yeah. How the bad guys are all like 
messed up human forms like the scare right. mon- it's just like zombies all that stuff that's right, right. it's yeah. like here's right. zombies a good example this is should be a human but you but the, they're dead and they have rotting whatever right right that, that, it's it's this it's this, ch- <laughs> this sort change of on the human form yeah yeah right you see stranger things it's like it's a sort of humanoid beast but it doesn't have a face it's like just a mouth you mm. know that's the scary thing like mm. those spoiler alert those sort of uh <laughs> It's pretty wild, right? Since yeah, the first yeah, right, season right. came, I think you're okay. Um, those things are, are variations. It's a reject. It's a. It's how far you go from the the human form. Yeah. Wow. So this is saying that how we manage the good and truth thing while we're here actually affects how spiritually good looking we are in the other world. So if if for no right? other reason, like you want to look good, beauty tips, beauty tips. Um, be you good. heard it here first. Be good. Goodness equals goodness. In that world, uh, mm. and and you'll you'll really uh, be consistently something. And, and like we said, inner and outer self, we're all going to have this outer self that's that's you know annoying and spiritually yeah. not that great. Doesn't mean we can't be cultivating this inner self that that's does right. reach for that. The Lord is working on us inside there. That's right. That's a bunch of confusing stuff, though. Still, and hopefully, we we've put out enough strange, confusing material in these last two sections that you. All have questions or things yeah. you want to discuss more. We're going to go into our live Q and A. If you haven't gotten questions or comments in about it, get them in now. We're going to take three of your questions, answer them to the best of our ability in our next section. All right, this is the chat Q and A. Get get questions in as we say it, and we'll try to answer them. As well, we'll see how many. We, I, I said we'll see how many we can get in, yeah, in our allotted right. time. That's right. All right, let's take a look at our first question. Mm. Always exciting. Nexus of Existence asks: Do Swedenborgians have any preference for which version of the English Bible they read? Yeah. Be, are you a Swedenborgian? Question. Like, uh, I've, what, I've I've known I've known one. Yeah. Um, so so what is it? Does it matter? Because Swedenborg, what what uh, what Bible did Swedenborg read? Does it matter? Uh, Swedenborg had actually like 11 different Bibles, and he was okay. interested in different translations. Yeah. There were some that he liked a lot, uh, if he was particularly looking for the meaning of the Hebrew in the Old Testament or things like that. Okay. Um, there are different, uh, there's different groups within Swedenborgianism, and they seem to like different ones. Some go for the New King James Version, some yeah. go for the NIV. Uh, I use about three different kinds often i look at the old king james which yeah. nothing's called the old king james but i call it that because it's the new the king, king james, james. Yeah. but there's king Plus, james version. what should we call our new translation we'll call it the old king james <laughs> yes, <right>. <laughs> <laughs> i mean he was pretty old right yeah, yeah uh the king james version the new king james version but also the nrsv the new revised standard version yeah i think it's really really good like good understanding of greek and yeah and and the you know underlying languages and and really got it into uh, into English, so I, I admire the translation that's done in there. So if I really want to understand something, the NRSV yeah. is one that I use. But and that, I know well, people like the NIV and other things. It brings up an interesting question because Swedenborg was so specific about the language in the Bible, meaning that every little word has right. specific inner meaning. And do you ha- does certain translations not have the right words? But at the same time, it seems like he was real... Um, casual in the way that he quoted the bible he would very, he would paraphrase a ton very much it's almost so. like there's like an underlying structure that matters but the actual words don't as much or i forget this exact reference but there's some place where he's quoting he just gives you a block quote 
Yeah. And then you look at the reference. It's Psalm 119 verses 7 and 168 or something like that. Like he just pulled, you yeah. know, they're, page, they're seven pages apart in your Bible, yeah. but he pulled them together and created one quote and out of it. It's not because he thinks, oh, it's unimportant. To him, the text in the Old and New Testaments were was just phenomenally important, yeah. right? But yet it was somehow a living, flexible thing, enough that it wasn't about, did you, did you is it it's right. King James it's, or nothing? It's not, it's not about the outside yeah. of it being perfect. In in fact, he even says shockingly that uh, if the Bible had come to different people, yeah, it would have been written differently on the outside, but it would have had exactly the same content on the inside. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah. how important is is the outside in one way? Uh, if you could change it and it would still have the same meaning inside, uh, you're absolutely right. It is a curious thing that he it, every single stroke of every letter, you know, all the little things have meaning, he says, yeah. and the angels know what all that stuff means. And yet when he's quoting scripture often, uh he's he's pretty pretty paraphrasy. Yeah. And I notice when Jesus quotes the Old Testament in the New Testament, and it wasn't yeah. called the Old Testament then either. No. Hebrew scriptures, uh uh he does the same thing. You know, he he'll, he'll he'll pull different things together or he'll have two lines yeah. that are a quote and then the other two lines aren't a quote. He he just added them or, or wow. whatever. So wow. you know, so you got got some license there. I to think. add just a layer and then we'll move on. Swedenborg says the word exists in heaven, but yeah. it exists in it in the heavenly form in, there. In the it doesn't have the same way. names of people yeah, and it doesn't stuff. Have so, any names or any sort of so, time and space stuff in it. Seems like you can do so, all right with anything. But right. the, but it all means something that's the end. All right, thanks. Let's get to our next one. Uh, Shelly asks, I hear my mom's voice talking to me in my head. Is it her or my imagination? Mm. And this, you know, we want to know how much does the spiritual world interact. And Swedenborg certainly says that there's a spiritual world all over. Anybody who's passed away is there and they retain their the things that made them them. Even though we're talking about the appearance changing, the essential right. underlying thing right. is you. Um so how do you and know? That's, that's a tough one. Well, yeah. like an interesting point that occurs to me is that even uh, in this world, uh, like people you're very close to, you will get their sort of voice in your head, kind of thing. You know what I mean? You'll hear that's right. you'll hear things that they're they're saying, and um, uh, and yet I know sometimes it hasn't been them. Like what's in my head is not the real yes. them, <laughs> you know what I mean? And so yes. I wonder whether this is necessarily, uh, you know, it, it, it's hard to tell. It it could be either. I think you know. I, that's that's what I'm right? gonna, like. We can't diagnose that. Like we don't know. And, and I think it Swedenborg does talk about um, you know the spiritual world being able to come through in thought, you know, and that yes. Yeah. So it's not that we could that we that Swedenborg said no, nothing like that could ever happen. It right. certainly could, but but as to whether it is, and I'd I'd be interested because, you know, is this this influence that you're getting? Is it the seem like her is personality wise? Like is is right. she being supportive does, does it and fit friendly the, or, or does it is fit right? Because you'll certainly get people. Swedenborg is will endlessly talk about how deceptive. The negative side can be, but then the, so so it depends and, and, on. And generally, yeah. and this this I'm going out on a bit of a limb here, but but not that we haven't been out on a limb before. This in whole show, show is but a limb. the um, uh, I tend to think from what Swedenborg says that if it's coming in verbal language, 
it's more on your side of the fence than the other side of the fence. Yeah. Um, uh, Swedenborg says in some places, at least, that uh, spirits will influence our feelings more. Yeah. You know what I mean? They'd they be right. more on your mood. Or, or in a certain feeling and that kind of thing, yeah. rather than these particular words in a row, like this sentence coming yeah. out, you know? And so let, let's, It doesn't mean that it, can't, it couldn't happen. Yeah. But let's just have you make a point on one side, I'll make a point on the other side. Good. Because so, we don't know which one it actually no, is. No, no, that's right. So in, we'll so, approach the truth. He, yeah, he talks about dreams. Flanking maneuver. <laughs> in, that in dreams, um, angels would talk, and the things they would say would fall into his mind in concepts that he understood you know, to, to right. represent those things. So it could well be that, you know, mom is there, but it's she's saying some things that are hitting you at an emotional level, and then it's coming out in thoughts, in a, in a voice. That it's, not, it's not like she's saying those words one-to-one, right. but she's providing some kind of influence. Right, right. Because some of what I think he's saying there in those dreams is that he would see images. Yeah. Like what they're saying yeah. turns into an image in his head right instead of just like he just hears exactly okay those so maybe words that did, maybe like the that. verbal thing I, I i'm i'm not sure i mean obviously swedenborg heard all kinds of angels talking and yeah all kinds of things that's yeah. a lot of what he he writes about so it certainly is is possible yeah um well this is the limits of our powers i think that's a tricky one we're not we uh we're, we're not like there's a lot of people who uh will say like okay i can see the spiritual world i can tell who is who it is right. that's talking right now that's not what i don't have that power and, so we we've just, had some good shows about how to tell haven't we yeah we have that's right like, we had a show um can you think of the names of any? uh you know how to not, tell not to put the difference the between good and evil spirits was that a would show be a, a good long one. time ago yeah um how angels talk with us is yeah, another one that's another good one and um how angels affect our thoughts is another one take a look at that and then yeah, and you'll get it you'll get it intuitively there's some you know? kind of uh, rulers, benchmarks, or yeah. something that you can use to try to tell where that's coming from, whether yeah. it's useful or not. Yeah. I, another principle I go by is that I always filter everything through my rational mind at some point. Yeah. Some people are sort of against that, but I think we'll come back from it, look at it rationally, say, is this good? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, right. I think we're supposed to use that freedom and rationality. So, so that's everything that we know. Shelly, thanks so much for the question. Hopefully that just adds, gives you some extra things to Confusion. ponder over. Yeah, And uh, and then when, when we all get to the next world, you we'll can ask her. Out. Say, was that That's you? That's right. Yeah. Okay, let's do our last, our last question. Mr. Baker's the cat says, I wonder what winter corresponds to because it is still cold out. And we oh, almost didn't have this show because there's this ice storm going on <laughs> yeah, right now right. that made the roads quite slippery. And here we, we have this here. bit called the icebreaker. I know. Ice oh, filter man. We could if use we that outside. Know. So, but, but the question is, winter's got to correspond to something, right? Yes, it does. So what, what is it? Well, I think of winter as corresponding to a state in which we have truth to tie this back to truth and goodness. Yeah, that's right. You know, we know the truth, but we aren't putting it to work in our lives. Yes. So the truth takes the form of snow, ice. It's sort of frozen, mm-hmm. inert, you know, in a sense. Yeah. Beautiful. It can be beautiful and elegant and everything. Uh, but when you put the truth to work, then it soaks into the soil and starts to do good things yeah. and all that kind of truth stuff. Truth so, without love. So winter is truth without love. Well put. Truth without love. You've got a gift. <laughs> um, yeah, to read my script. Um, and <laughs> truth without There's love. No script about this. B- being, uh, <laughs> you know, and you can think about it in terms of like, uh, dare I say, religious stuff that you'll find some or some organizations or That's doctrines right. that, that will say like, 
here's what we believe and you better do it or you're dead. You know, and there's this, all these ideas, but no love behind it. That's right. a winter sort of state. That's right. Swedenborg even describes some hilarious situation in one of his memorable occurrences, these yeah. narratives he tells of spiritual experiences, where he goes to this uh, church in the spiritual world is just like buried in snow. Yeah. They're digging all the snow out of there. And then he actually tells you what the sermon is about, and you can see kind of where all that spiritual snow yeah. is coming from. Because... Uh, it is all about how everything's just a mystery and you can't know anything and there's nothing you have to do about it. Oh, right. it's just such a great mystery. You know, so yeah. you're sort of paralyzed by not knowing what to do. Yeah. You know? And then people come up afterward and tell the preacher, oh, that was so wise, it was so amazing. You know? And yeah. Swedenborg said, did you understand anything? No need to. <laughs> you know? No, it's not necessary. So uh, it could correspond to a lot of different things but it, it doesn't mean we're, like we're all being evil because it's an extra cold winter that's no. a separate cause and effect thing that's right yeah for that cr show um how spirits are connected to your health because we try to lay out this idea that's right you're gonna be a correspondence but it, like just because there are spirits that correspond to a disease doesn't mean if you have that disease you're in love with yeah the same thing with, with a really bad winter it's just it's a it's a cause and effect and come on trust us but it corresponds to, that's, that's right. what it corresponds to, I think. Hey, so this was fun getting to interact with all of you that are here in the audience. And it's so fun. I think we'd like to do it and take it to the next level. We actually want to hear from you because mm. we've been telling our story and how we like Swedenborg and everything like that. But we want to hear your story. We want to know how did you get get into the Swedenborg thing? What good is it doing for you? That sort of thing. So we're actually going to do a section now that we call, um, what do we call it? Getting to know you? Let's yeah. see if that's what we call it. Yeah. Well, guest story is getting to know you in Welsh. So, yes, yes. Uh, this is the the guest story is the time when we get to hear from you. <laughs> and I don't need to give it much of a lead in because we we uh, give it. A, you'll see us giving it a lead in here. That's Listen, right. We got to sit down with a viewer of the show, Linda May from Oslo, Norway, and here's her story. This is a time for you to all see uh, how how somebody came into being interested in Swedenborg and, and the effect that it's having. So here, it was a lot of fun talking to Linda. Here she is. I'd, I'd love to start if you're willing. I just want to hear a little bit about whenever somebody ends up watching our program, I want to know, how did you find us in the first place? How did you, you get to here? So what, what led you to come across our material and, and Swedenborg? Well, I was watching a television program, you know, one of those where they sort of find people's roots. And it was Maggie mm-hmm. Gyllenhaal who was the person they were finding the roots about. And uh, her father was a Swedenborgian, and the way they were discussing it, it sounded like this really odd sect, and it came from Sweden. You know, and I live in Norway, which is neighboring to Sweden, and I thought, I've never heard of any weird sect from Sweden that immigrated to the U.S., so let me look this up. So I was actually coming to it from that perspective that I'm just curious about what this strange, odd sect was. Uh, and and then I found Swedenborg, and I'm like, this is not a strange sect. This is, you know, this is somebody who's very spiritual, who's, you know, who is a prophet, basically, if we can use biblical terms. Uh, and then I just started Googling him. I found the Swedenborg Foundation. I found Off the Left Eye. And I just sort of, you know, came from it from there. So, um, so I was not particularly looking for anything, but I was at the same time looking for, for Swedenborg and his teachings without even knowing it. Sometimes you don't know what you're looking for before you find it. <laughs> That's right. And so what, what, uh, do you have any examples of what, what kind of things about what Swedenborg was saying made you feel like, I found something here? Well, I have a, a more of an evangelical church background, and I haven't been very active in the church for a few years because of, 
you know, I've been moving around a lot because of my job and also illness and several things have sort of taken me actively out of a church setting. So I've been trying to just sort of keep up to some sort of spiritual nourishment online. Luckily, we can have a community with people online. Uh, and then when I was looking into Swedenborg, what, what really popped out at me, there was, was several things, uh, one of which was his message of love and, and that God is love. And, and also one of the things that sort of rubbed me the wrong way with my church background was this concept that if you do the right thing, meaning if you find the right faith, you're good to go, you're saved. Mm-hmm. Everybody else, you lost that lottery. No matter how good of a person you are, no matter how how much you're trying to be dedicated in whatever your life you know opens up to you, uh, but if you don't, if you're not a Christian, too bad. That's just it. You're screwed. And that never sat quite right with me. It's like this, you know, a loving God who is that strict on on sort of just this lottery of life. I don't. I just never got that. It never sat right with me. So just that's really what caught my my first interest was okay. But here was somebody saying that it's God is bigger than this. God is love, and he, he has a broader view. Uh, and for the first time, I felt somebody, without saying in the same words, but was saying that we create God in our image a lot of times for the church. We put him in this little box that we understand. Uh, and God is greater than that. Um, and then, of course, I, I just love this idea of, of Swedenborg traveling to, you know, to the spiritual world and, uh, and all that's very fascinating, everything that, that he writes about. And this idea of correspondence, that's something that, that's sort of how I have come to things spiritually throughout my whole life, is that I see something and all of a sudden it becomes a symbol or metaphor and it means something else to me. It's as if God speaks to me through symbol situations and so this whole idea of correspondence opened a whole new way of looking at, at life and spirituality that it wasn't just wasn't just me that was sort of a little bit odd an oddball there that <laughs> a flower could mean something more than a flower as it does in poetry it, you know uh, and and sort of seeing that this is a system that is from the spiritual world to the to the material world so there's many things many things actually yeah so it kind of kind of mm. hit you in all these different key areas and that, that's wonderful. I love the idea of, yeah, that correspondence is as poetry. The, the, yeah, just like the poets are getting this insight into there's something more to these experiences we have and that you were feeling that. And then Swedenborg kind of gives you the, the framework to, to put that in. Yeah. And, and, uh, and uh, the, sorry to cut you off, but I was just going to say, you know, the, the whole, yeah, God doesn't make any sense being so limited and so focused on something as external as church. I mean, Swedenborg spent a ton of time railing against that so so you guys kind of kindred spirits there yeah definitely now so so there were like several aspects because the more i was looking into his teachings and and i have to i have to just thank you guys because he's not the easiest person to read (laughs) so he's not the most accessible so your programs and your way of you know sharing the teachings which makes it more accessible has really really helped because that also then gives me inspiration to go into his text and look a little bit closer because I have some sort of something, some, some sort of thing to hang it on, you know, to understand what is he actually saying here? Because he has a lot of words. He's a very wordy writer. <laughs> yes. Right. <laughs> good. So, so we were kind of a good companion piece to the, to the Swedenborg study. 
Very, very much so. Uh, and also um, finding a, sort of a community of other people, you know, with your chats, but also reading uh, the comments on, on YouTube afterwards uh, have also been very uplifting. And I also, through, uh, through this, I found some Swedenborgians here in Norway. So, and also another woman who found you guys, who's now connected to the Norwegian congregation, which is very small. I've only met one of the representatives because yeah. they're sort of centered on one family and a few extra people. And, and but now we're a few more that are coming from the outside, basically through you <laughs> and finding people locally, which is, which is amazing. Yeah, that's, that's wonderful. Great. Good. And are they, yeah, are they close enough that you can visit them? Yeah. We, we've met and we have plans to meet more. Uh, and uh, they don't they don't have any services here more than a few times a year because there's too few people so apparently there's a minister coming from Stockholm over to Oslo a few times a year so I haven't I haven't hit that quite yet uh, to be able to be there but but also another thing is my sister she she reached out to me I think it's about six months ago and she said I found this this teaching and I feel it's very spiritual and it's very spot on and I said oh what's that and she said it's Swedenborg and I just <laughs> and I'm like welcome to the club <laughs> so, it's like, uh, so, so she found it without me telling her about it that's so, great yeah of, it's popping up here and there and and um, yeah I think uh, I think people catch on when they know when they feel it resonates mm-hmm. that's great well and it's so, it's so wonderful to hear your story of, of that resonation happening. And because every time I hear that, I get inspired. Like, oh yeah, this is something that, that people can find and they can be glad they found it. So it makes me want to have us keep trying to do that. So Jonathan, do you want to ask any questions? Sure, or any just thoughts? a couple of thoughts is just, um, the, as you say, there's just so many words. So the long books and so on. And I love the fact that you moved uh, uh, right to the, the love, like you were able to see the love at the center of it. And frankly, I think there's some, some people who sort of get lost in the forest or something and, and don't realize that love is at the center of it all because it seems like so many concepts and thoughts and things like that. But when you get the love in the center, all, all of it starts to make sense. You know, it starts to fit together and you start to see the simplicity in it. And the other thing I loved in, in what you said, I loved everything you said, um, the, the, just the vastness of God, you know, being bigger, I can see a kind of mercy uh, that we are allowed to have our small idea of God because maybe it's better than no idea or something. I don't know. But uh, I find myself constantly being sort of expanded into realizing what it and it's so overwhelming when you take it in, when you realize that mercy and God working individually with every single person all on their path, like you mentioned going through sickness or traveling, you know, like that's all, you know, under, like God knows what that's doing and, and uses that in some way. And uh, everybody's on their own journey. And, and um, uh, it, it can be kind of overwhelming to try to take that all in. And, and part of what I love what he said is that, but there's, there's just an essential humanity there. There's a, which to me translates as also as a sense of humor. You know, there's love, there's wisdom, you know, yeah. there's perspective and so on. And we can really connect with that uh, in a kind of one-on-one and intimate way, even though there's this vastness there. So anyway, that's what that's what you inspired me to think. Well, thank you. And the, the clarity of just sort of those several, fr- sometimes when you have phrases, it sort of cooks things down to to like its core and and you can expand from there. So when, when, 
it's like, okay, we're talking about love of God and, and love of the neighbor and versus love of self and love of, you know, the world. And that's, that's, it's so simple and it's so clear. It's yeah. either oh. the one or the other. And, and, and it's, so, it's like you have a compass that's so clear. Okay, so what that's is right. love? Which of these two categories, two main categories, um, you know, do I fall into in general in my life or this situation or my meeting with somebody or my meeting with the situation? Am I now, is it the love of self and love of the world that's sort of driving me? Or is it genuine love of the neighbor and love of God that's driving me? And that is, it's, it's such a, you know, it's, it's such a clear compass that I, you know, because yeah. I read, you know, I've read through the Bible several times and this whole idea of love, which is so simple, but yet so, so vast. But when you get it down into those core principles, it does help because it's very easy to tell. I mean, I know right off, this is love of self. I mean, right. I can, that. I can yeah. pretend the rest of the world is something else, but I know that this is that's what what I'm the situation. That's so right. and that sort of helps me adjust. That, that's wonderful. You know, so, so, uh, so, so that's what I, I, one of the things I really like about, about the, the clarity that Swedenborg brings. Mm. Yeah. To, what I, what I find to be very biblical, very, very biblical. Uh -huh. Absolutely. Well, and I, it's so it's so awesome for us to hear about, yeah, you taking it, putting it into those usable tools, applying that to life. That's so cool. I'm excited about the idea of the community growing out there in Norway, and hopefully we get to interact with you more and more as it does. Uh, we're, we're out of time, but but I could easily talk for another 25, 30 minutes with you here. So we just appreciate Great talking to you. And, and you guys do a of course, you're the face, faces we see, and then there are a few other faces we see. And I know there's a whole team behind you. And I just want to express my gratitude and appreciation of all the wonderful work that you do, because uh, it means, I think, a lot more to a lot more people than you ever will know, mm. at least in this lifetime, mm. maybe in the next, mm. you know a little bit more mm. about it. But uh, thank you from the bottom of my heart. Mm. You've meant a lot to me personally, and I know you do to a lot of people. So, no. Well, thank you. And thank you for letting us know and it's so nice to, um, I love your clarity. You just have tremendous clarity, I think, about the, the message and, and just the way you put it there it was fantastic. So it's enriching to talk with you. Absolutely. Blessing. Yeah, we're so glad you're, you're enjoying it and it's inspiring for us to get to have this chat with you and hopefully we, we do it again soon. Absolutely. Well, take care. All right. Thanks. Take care. See you. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye, Linda. Thanks for hanging out. Hopefully, you're watching right now. If not, we'll catch you another time. We said we were we said we were gonna sort of finish off our three course audience participation meal here right. with getting to hear some of your answers to our original icebreaker question. Oh, we're I can't gonna wait. do that in our very last segment, the ice melter. So. While this show has been going on since we asked our icebreaker, sorry, I just was spontaneously rocking out to that music. Yeah, that's uh, good. While we've been um, uh, doing this whole show, after we asked that quest question behind the scenes, Chelsea has been furiously compiling the responses and things that we've got. And what we're going to share with you now here based on that is not comprehensive. It's just a sampling of the responses we got. So if yours didn't make it on, very sorry. But hopefully from what everyone sees, you can get a sense of just the way Swedenborg is affecting people. So here's what you all had to say about which what's an idea in Swedenborg's works that has had a positive impact on your life. So this is what you said. First of all, heaven. 
people talked about how there's this, under the broad category of heaven, the idea that there's a sense of eternity, making suffering easier to endure. Mm, that was good. Yoko Poe. The communities in heaven, preliminal, Pete Dawson, Kay Lerman all talked about those mattering. What I, how, what I love determines who I'll be with in heaven. Katie Barnes was saying that humans are angels, learning is eternal. Sharon Spruill thought that was powerful. We will have a mate after we die, even if we haven't had true love in this world, Denise. Like that. That's mm. awesome. Let's see what's our, our next broad category is mm. the church that Will Linden said the idea that everyone is in the universal church. And that's that right. That's mattered. And Tracy Canada said that the church is within. And then nice. next category of response the meaning in the Bible. Katrina Marshall said that she that it was meaningful to her that there's more to the Bible than meets the eye. Twisted Angel 966, his interpretation allowed me to give Christianity a second chance to connect to a loving God. I had lost hope. Mm. So that's cool that that was a bridge. That's great. John May, correspondence has changed the way I perceive the world and Scripture. And mm. then our final category of response, spirit influence. Okay, so far, uh, yeah, me too, says, being able to tell the difference between good and evil spirits. I recognize when I'm being influenced and manage to release myself. Nice. And then Samuel Rhodes says, knowing influence from heaven and hell makes me pay attention to my thoughts and intentions. So wow, that, that's that, all so good. That makes me feel good. That makes they me feel were like... really, really good. A nice range in there and everything. That's right. And I know that wasn't even all the responses. That's that's really awesome. So Swedenborg has given people things that are making a difference in their life, and that's why we spend this time doing a show called Swedenborg that's right. in Life, and now that show is over. Thanks for watching the inaugural episode of Swedenborg in Life live with us. If you enjoyed yourself here, please like and subscribe. That makes it so that uh, we can go out into the... Uh, the YouTubes of the world, and make a difference there. Also, consider joining us on Patreon. That's our way that you can support us with a little $1 donation per episode. And when you do, we'll give you behind-the-scenes content. This this uh, week, we had a, a, a more in-depth look at the, the studio that we're going to be right, right. building, the new one that we're going to be shooting our new shows out of. Anyway, you get sort of behind-the-scenes, first exclusive limited access stuff there. Just our little way to say <laughs> thanks for making this possible for everyone. So check that out. And we're going to be back next week. 8 p.m. Eastern, same time with another live show. Next week, we're going to be looking at, for our keywords at the will and the understanding. Oh, the good The two one. essential parts of us that make us human mm. in the way we receive this good and truth we've all been talking about. We'll mm. be taking another road trip based on that. It's going to be a really fun show. Thank you, Jonathan, for hanging out. Oh, it's here. good fun. Thanks, guys. Thank you, everyone at home, for hanging out. Thanks to the rest of the Swedenborg and Life team. And we will be back in one week. Swedenborg and Life is Amy Aquarola, Morgan Beard, Curtis Childs, Karen Childs, Matthew Childs, Alexa Cole, John Connolly, Cara Dom, Chris Dunn, Stuart Farmer, Ben Keyes, Reed McArdle, Chelsea Odner, Jonathan Rose, Shiloh Silverman, and Shada Sullivan.